Ladies and gentlemen, it is another special episode of How the Hell Did This Go Number One? But it's also where worlds collide. If you're listening to my the flagship show, the Hall of Fame show, where Evan Nolan and I, we discuss Halls of Fame, because hey, it's called NotInHallOfFame.com. So you think Hall of Fames are going to come up. Well, Evan and I, we make lots of wagers. Usually it's on beer. Eventually, I'm going to have to pay him the sum of a brewery. But I actually won a bet this time. And it's over the Olympics because Canada outperformed the United States in the certain demographics, which has resulted in a special guest, Evan Nolan. You are here with Brad Nelson and Andrew Tessman. And what are you going to do as the loser of said bet? Uh, where am I? What is this place? It's very, very strange. <laughs> uh, we try to keep to the temperature high so the clothes can be low. <laughs> Uh, I am, uh, I, the bet was, uh, and I'm not sure that the Olympics actually happened. Um, no one watched it. Prove it. Uh, but the bet was that uh, whoever lost this bet, and I believe it was who did better between the U.S. and uh, Canada's men and women's hockey team who had more overall goals, correct, in the uh, Olympics? Uh, goals, and then we, then we split the tie with overall medals. Because, overall medals. Because the men's team uh, of both U.S. and Canada both exited the same round. This is the so. first time in apparently 16 Olympics that Canada hasn't medaled in men's hockey. In 16? I could be wrong. You're probably But I wrong. thought that's what I heard. Hey, don't you know that 85% of stats are made up? Go sports. Right, but there's only a 50% <laughs> percentage of that being accurate. True. Yes. But as Over minus result- 2%. Give or take a so. few. So anyway, so I, I should get this. So the bet was, regardless of what the bet actually was, and nobody actually fully re- remembers it, uh, it was whoever lost, which apparently was me, has to sing the national anthem of the other country. Mm-hmm. Now, because uh, the there's three, here, but you got to do it three times. Oh, no, I'm only going to do it once. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, the interesting thing, of course, is that your national anthem uh, is more inclusive than most other countries' national anthems. Oh, look at our prime minister. Started. What? Our prime minister is all about inclusivity. Mm. He just pretends to be other cultures. That's not the same thing, Kirk. Well, he he does he does wear a lot of things as cosplay. This is true. Yes. So anyway, so uh, I don't know. Oh no, my lyrics disappeared. Hold on. Okay, there. there. All right. So we're you don't do... know it off heart. I do not know it in French off heart. No, I do not know it in French. We're going to find out probably at all. We're going to do their best here. Hey. All right. So here we go. Oh, Canada. Oh, let me remove my hat. There we go. <laughs> oh, Canada, our home and native land. Through patriot love in all of us command. With glowing hearts, we see thee rise. The true north, strong and free. Don historie est une epopee. I don't know how that goes with French. So the day plus brillant exploit et valeur de fois trempé. You ready for this surprise language? Oh. It's Cree. 
Oh. Impressed. I'm impressed. Right. I'm impressed. The French part was not good, but uh, I found it in Cree, so why not? Wow. The Cree part is impressive. The Cree part was a whole Back lot you were on out. key, <laughs> and, and you're not from around these parts. That was that was definitely wow. impressive. I thought that was going to be Klingon or something. I had no idea. Oh, no, that, that is apparently Cree. So, nice. and again, I got it off the internet from the uh, from the Edmonton School District. So I'm presuming the it's correct Cree, but if not, blame Edmonton. Blame oh, we do anyways. <laughs> it's not even a real country anyway. And, and the beautiful thing too is Evan's going to stick around for this episode. Yes. So uh, I have a question for you before we get started. How do you guys decide what song you guys are picking? We all Usually, pick revenge. <laughs> <laughs> So can, out of revenge, can I just pick a song for your next time at the end here? <laughs> yeah, why not? It's it's just any any Billboard number yeah. one song from the day that Billboard started doing number one songs till today. Yeah, so I, I found a good one for uh, from my my year that I don't think you guys have done yet. So. Oh, well, hold on to that in your back pocket. I'll save that for the end. So right. yeah, our usual process. It started with Kirk and I going back and forth, and then I would pick something that he would really hate. So he'd try to find something I would hate even more, mm-hmm. and it just cycled. And then every once in a while, I'll just be like, I can't deal with this steaming pile of dog crap anymore. Let's do something <laughs> more fun. Last time we did shares half breed. So yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got I got very lucky because uh, my my birthday, uh, the number one song on the Billboard chart was Late Freak by Chic. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the very next day, the Billboard charts came out and it was uh, the Bee Gees uh, and not a good one. Too Much Heaven by the Bee Gees. Oh. Talk about a Talk about a step down. So I'm glad I was born on the 5th and not the 6th of January. <laughs> Good Born timing on, on your January, part. Sorry, Tom Cruise's younger brother. <laughs> uh, so Andrea picked a really good song, Bobby Darren's Mac the Knife. And before, because uh, Andrea's computer sucks. So Brad and I, we've already discussed it for 10 minutes. So uh, unfortunately, we didn't record it. So I guess we have to start all over again. <laughs> okay. Well, both Kirk and I found out that this song was originally in German. Yeah, when we, we were it was actually, part of an opera. Yeah, the three penny opera. And, and we and we were sort of like trying to do it the way we thought it would be. He has a knife! He killed you! <laughs> now you die! But it wasn't like that. No. Just knife, yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> anyway. There high fish. There hat Wow. You are just multilingual. You're polyglottic, one might say. Yeah. I, uh, a cunning linguist, definitely, if there ever was one. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah. Is so, it's from an opera from 1928. Yeah, that, that was something I, I had no idea. I mean, like, we certainly learned enough that, especially after doing this for a while, like in the, 50, in the 50s, a lot of songs weren't written by hardly any of the artists. I Another thing I didn't know that Bobby Darin actually started off as a songwriter with Irv Kirchner, or sorry, not Irv Kirchner, that was the director from Empire Strikes Back, Don Kirchner. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he um i didn't realize how young he died he died at 37 37 and, and, um, and well and he um he had like a really prolific career in a few short years mm-hmm. well they didn't want him to do this song originally they didn't want him to, to record this song because he had his squeaky clean um image to uphold and this one here about a roving serial killer uh or a mob mob hitman might have been seen to tarnish that so they they didn't want him to record this even though he had performed this live several several times but their their problem was 1959 was just the year of like roving hitmen in song <laughs> <laughs> well they were talking um what uh stagger lee was Stagger Lee early oh. mm-hmm. earlier which is another just psychopath literally loses his hat shooting dice so goes to a bar and shoots a dude who's yeah. begging for his life for his wife and kids yeah sing it up tempo it's okay go staggerly <laughs> well and that's the thing about both staggerly and mac the knife is they're so upbeat and happy mm. i am having a great time like he's just hamming it up on stage why he's- aren't you like uh, Richard Cheese's opening act. <laughs> um, but he is like you watch him perform this song, and he's like got his little interludes and his ha and his eek, and it's like it's well, ridiculous. Did you look at the original German um, play? Yeah, did you see the original German translation? I did actually. Where he burnt a dude and seven children alive and raped a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's German. Can't imagine what they do. <laughs> like every German story, every German story. Is well, not basically... anymore. After you lose a couple wars and all, then that's sort of like why they got into shit porn. Like, Have you all... ever read the original German versions of, of yes, like the sto- fairy tales? They're they're graphic. They're like, hey, everybody else got Santa Claus. How about Krampus? <laughs> oh, no, I like Krampus. I got a lot of respect for a guy who goes around and beats up naughty kids. Speaking of Krampuses, Andrea, you've got something to say. I do. <laughs> hey. Wow. Damn. I can't, oh. I can't understand why you oh. pick songs he doesn't like. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? I, I Kirk, you get a breath of Canadian air and suddenly you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah welcome back to canada kirk oh yeah i thought it was a kinder more gentler soul now that i had my uh, cold weather happening here but i guess not <laughs> no when you Are start you going in a hotel right now by. kirk yeah for the next two months okay i was like i know your wife works with hotels i didn't realize you're actually in a hotel I- i'm living in a hotel for the next two months not by a down by a damn by the river van by the river not in a van by a river no but, hey, with the housing market these days, living in a van down by the river is pretty uh, desirable real estate. So Brad and I were talking about the whole and, fuel situation. Yeah, so. yeah hey, at the cost of gas, you're not going to be afford to move in anywhere anyway. So <laughs> there's that. There's that. But, you know, enough, enough about the sort of like sad state of living now. Let's talk about this uh, killer. Yes, let's go back to murder ballads. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think in, I mean, in the German version, he's, he's like a highwayman, mm-hmm. robber, mass murderer. I think in Bobby Darren's version or 
the more popularized version that's been covered by a billion people. He really does seem more like a mob hitman. I think mm-hmm. one of you said um, the whole story's softened a little. You only kind of hear about two murders. Only. Only. There was a body oozing red and. Has my boy done something rash? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole thing with, with this is it's been covered so many times. Uh, Louis Armstrong did it, uh, mainstreamed it first, I think. Yep, 55, I believe. 55, yeah. Um, and boy, he hit it with those Louis pipes and it sounded great. Um, but who's who's got a favorite version of this? I already know where you're going with this because we kind of talked. I know where you're going. Oh yeah, I already I already told you guys what it was when we were off camera last week or last two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, go go tell us. It's Robbie it's Williams in two thousand one, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, my favorite is the Muppets version. Oh, Brad, I'm sorry, I cut you off. What'd you say? Oh, no, I, I just said it was Ella. Ella did an amazing oh, job Fitzgerald. because she mm. forgot the lyrics partway through and then improvised it. Mm. I, th- I thought, oh, I thought we were going to go with the McDonald's guy. I totally thought you were doing uh, um, Mac tonight. Mac, no, not Mac tonight. Which is terrifying moon. Which the yep. estate of Bobby Darren successfully sued. Really? Yes. And, that, and that's how that got, got uh, that's something that did very well for a brief period of time and didn't have any. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't think they're loving it anymore. <laughs> not, well, I, I suppose not. I, so, yeah, get a happy meal, happy meal with every murder. <laughs> I actually, there's actually, uh, I spent a lot of time in Argentina and there's a very popular uh, Latin singer named Ruben Blades who writes a lot about Argentina. And he has a version of this called Pedro Navaja. Mm. Uh, which is sort of a uh, a t- on the Latin American take on it. Pedro Navaja, of course, translates to Razor Pete. Uh, <laughs> they call him Razor Pete. He's <laughs> the king of the rumba beat. Yeah. <laughs> so. you know, I, I think, though, with, with a lot of this, there certainly, and there has been forever, since pop culture really began, a romanticism of the mafia. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, I mean, I look at some of my favorite movies. I mean, I could watch Scarface over and over and over. Doesn't necessarily mean I want to sort of like get, get somebody in a chain with a chainsaw. No, but why do you think there has been that romanticization of that? I mean, there was, you know, Zorro and the Three Musketeers and Robin Hood and what have you. We've always been fascinated with people who operate outside the law. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at how popular uh, Boondock Saints was. And also, fun fact... If you guys remember the Fraggles, the dude who lived upstairs with the dog mm-hmm. is the same guy as is the bartender in Boondock Saints. Really? Really? Yep. That's. I, I thought this was going to go the word he got whacked. No, no, but it was it was still awesome. But okay. regardless, that we've always had that cultural fascination with people who uh, were, uh, work outside the the law. I mean, you've got Mexican uh, gang ballads. Um, and I believe it happens elsewhere in, in South America as well. It's the rap right now. Oh yeah, exactly. So we've always, we've always had that fascination. We've always sung about them or made movies about them or plays about them and stuff. And, mm. you know, it's just, it's, it's our natural sort of morbid curiosity about it. I think, I mean, why do you think breaking bad was so big? Very, well, that's a very, yeah, very good point. 
Uh, and I think that, that sort of plays a lot to this because 1959 isn't much different than as we're recording this in 2022. This is a type of culture that a lot of people are interested in, not although they don't necessarily want to participate in, but you can live vicariously through that song. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is very surreal when you actually sit down and think about the lyrics, but that's usually what not what people do. Right. And, and Mac the Knife, I mean, 59, Mac the Knife just seems like a name of a Dick Tracy character. <laughs> Basically. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then you get Sinatra's version, which is even more swinging than Bobby mm -hmm. Darren's was. Yeah, but Frank probably could get somebody whacked. Well, Frank knew Mac the Knife. <laughs> 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 yeah. He drank with Mac the Knife. Darren also, I also look to, when I think of Bobby Darren, I think of, he had three distinct hits. None of them really were very much alike. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath. Boom, 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 boom. Beyond the Sea is not exactly, I mean, it might be more in this, in this vein of sort of a big band swing, but still, these are three completely different songs. Yeah, and, I, and he had his, his you know, fresh face, chubby cheek, you know, rosy cheeked uh, image to to maintain. And that's why Dick Clark had said, no, 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 don't do Mac the Knife because mm. that's going to tarnish that. But you're, you're, go ahead. Go ahead. You're not counting Queen of the Hop or Dream Lover or... I need a dream, dream lover, lover so I don't have to dream alone. I yeah, got I mean, a girl they call the Queen of the Hop. Anyway. <laughs> did you see the... Uh, did anyone see the Kevin Spacey film? Yeah, I'll, I'll give as much as it's and we were saying this before Brad and I it's sort of hard to watch a Kevin Spacey film but mm -hmm. it really is for me saying that when you look at young pictures of Bobby Darren I could see why Kevin Spacey felt the need to play him and mm -hmm. yeah it it took place probably 10-15 years too late for him to actually do it when he when he did and it was not very believable even though Spacey Spacey actually sung on it himself, which was yeah. pretty impressive. And directed it, and yep. wrote it, and Your produced daddy's it. Daddy's a dirty bum toucher. And that, yes. That, well, hey, no, he, he likes the bum clean before he gets them. Mm -hmm. All right, let's just move on. Um. I hate <laughs> the fact that, that we had to ke cancel Kevin Spacey, because before all of that, like, I really liked his work. And now I, it really just feels wrong watching it. Well, it's it's like Kirk and I were saying before. It's it's a matter of separating art from artists. People can still listen to Michael Jackson. People can still um, watch OJ commercials and uh, him in Police Academy or Naked Gun or whatever the hell he Naked was Gun, in. Yeah. Naked yeah. Gun, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know you can you can separate art from artists to a point. Um, Salvador Dali apparently wasn't a great fella to be around, yet we still revere his his works of art. Uh, Tesla was a madman, and yet you know we came from all or got all kinds of inventions from from him. But K-Pax still sucks. I think we just need some time, and maybe maybe that person to no longer be on this earth before we can really well, separate it. Yeah, I'm not saying we need to unalive him. I'm just saying that well, look sometimes you need there to be a, like <laughs> some you know? separation. With, with Chris Brown, he winds up, you know, beating Rihanna to a pulp, and yet he still has a musical career. He had a number yeah, but that's inexcusable. Yeah. No, it's totally but, inexcusable. Don't but, get me wrong. What were you going to say? Here's my question. So 
like we were talking before about usual suspects and and the great role he had there but like one of my favorite films one of my top five films of all time is la confidential and not to ruin anything it was since out since 1997 so i don't feel so bad this all this time later but he dies in it and i almost feel better <laughs> watch him because the character dies <laughs> So, you know, there is something to that. Watch seven then, Simpson, too. a naked gun, mm-hmm. and right at the end where he flips over, it's like, oh, you don't really feel too bad for Nordberg anymore, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a weird same. line to walk because he, as an artist, he was great. But as a person, he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also, too, he had sort of like the worst coming out of anyone. And, you know, yes, uh, there's something I did. And by the way, I'm a proud gay man. And I'm sure the gay community really loved that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, don't, don't put this on us. No, no, no. Uh, oh, well, moving right along. Moving right along. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this, this, we, it's a, it's a great one that you, that you came up with. I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say about that. Bobby Darren had a phenomenal career, rock and roll hall of famer as justifiably so. I don't know if we're letting Evan pick the next one because I've got one for next week. Oh, why don't you guys tell us what you picked and we'll tell you which one of you can go to hell. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, I, I, lead on, McDuff. Oh, my, myself? Okay, well, I, I, I thought we would sort of like look back at... I was really inspired by Pam and Tommy. Oh, I got to say something, how horrible that is, because she did not give any consent to that movie being made. But the one thing I got to say is that it takes the titillation away from it, not just to, so I could shoehorn the word tit in there. Um, but yeah, right. It, it does take the titillation out of it a little bit and actually helps you see Pam as a sympathetic character. Because beforehand, I was just like, I don't give a shit about Pam. And or Tommy. It, well, Tommy, I've met, and Tommy, I don't like. I, I've met oh. both of them actually, very, very briefly. Nice. They came to they came to New England Aquarium to watch the Sea Lion show. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was guarding. I was at the door. I'm like, well, that's a tall dude with a lot of tattoos. I was like, oh wait, now I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, because at that time there wasn't exactly a lot of tall dudes with a lot of tattoos. Not in 1997, there wasn't. <laughs> and, and just casually strolling around the aquarium in a speedo. <laughs> he, he was not wearing. He was not wearing a t-shirt. He was wearing like a vesty thing with no nothing on underneath it. So not even a speedo. And a vial of Pamela's blood around his neck or something. Wasn't that, that the thing? That I did oh. not happen to notice. <laughs> it was Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Wrong weirdo. Know that. Well, <laughs> All right, so, All right, so what's your song? What's okay. your song? Well, okay, Motley Crue never went number one, but their uh, their evil stepsister did. Poison. Every rose has its thorn. Oh, you got me at hair metal now. I love hair metal. Even the ballads aren't too bad. Well, with hair metal, you pretty much only can go with a with a ballad because none of the other ones ever make number one. So I was either going to do that or Nelson, but we. Oh, I don't know, man. There might be a monkey in the wrench. You might pick what Evan's got. I don't so know. I, he said hair metal. Yeah, I mean that's pretty hard to beat. I was just going back to 1979, and one of the weirder songs I think ever to make number one, uh, whether it was in New York, Paris, London, or Munich, everyone talking about mm, pop music. 
I thought that one would be that was that's oh geez no. oh not even gonna pick. I mean that's that's that's, that's, by, that's a pretty M, yeah. isn't it? The band was called M. The band was called M. It was just a yes. guy. Just yeah, one guy. Uh, just a guy with a synthesizer and a whole bunch of glass uh, cheap sunglasses. Like that. <laughs> Get yourself some cheap sunglasses. Dun, 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 dun. Oh geez, poison I'm, or M? I'm liking Evans. Evans one. I'm not. I'm not hating on on poison. Mm -mm. So Kirk, how about you just give up your go this time round? We're gonna do pop music, and then the week after we can do every rose has a thorn because holy crap, we need to touch that one. All right. That's what she said. I was. Yep. Wait for it. <laughs> I said because now you're back in Canada. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right, with that, it's shameless plug time. If Evan's here, that means I'm going to plug that first. Every week, Evan and I do the Hall of Fame show. You want to know about things going on in the Hall of Fame? Hey, listen to us. We think that we're experts, and well, we actually seem to do better than a lot of people who actually are experts. So we'll run with that. Hey, Andrea, did I tell you I, I wrote a book? I think you did, but why didn't you tell me about it? Yeah, Andrea, why didn't you tell me that he wrote a book? Well, I wrote a book. I wrote a you book. wrote a book? I wrote a book. It's about the late, great Chavo Guerrero Sr. Evan, Chavo fake being surprised. I'm trying to figure out what a book is. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty soon we're going to sell it also as an e-book. Do you know what an e-book is? It's the letter M turned to E. Wait, wait, I, I, think, I think it's what Calvin Ridley tried to use to, to disguise his betting this week. The, the, save that for two days from now. Okay. <sighs> It'd be a very good time to acquire him, by the way. Yeah, probably get him for cheap. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, uh, well that book you can find that on Amazon. Instant What's classic. it called? It's called Chavo Guerrero Instant Classic. Hey, I, I also do another show about crappy shit. It's called This Crap Was on National Television. Chris Bernay and I we just looked at that '80s show. We were going to look at the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, but I can't find the damn thing. So I'm gonna have to pick something else. At, at some point, at some point, man, you have to do man versus beast. Well, you're you're gonna be a special guest on that one. Yeah. I'm gonna pollinate. Do you guys oh. remember that show? Did you there was on I believe it was actually I thought it was Fox, I think it was actually ABC. Man versus Beast. So they had 2000, 2001, they had a competition where they had animals take on humans and various things. So they had an elephant pulling a a uh, 747 versus, I believe, 35 little people pulling a 747 <laughs> to oh, see which one went that. faster. Oh, oh, now, now you just got Brad a little turned on. A little turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up every time. The single best scene in this was they had a sprinter going against a zebra in a hundred-yard dash, and so the announcer they had the announcer and then they had the color guy, and the color guy was Carl Lewis. And Carl Lewis is like, give me the keys for each side. And he goes, here are the keys for the zebra. He's getting off hard. He's got his rung strong. And he has to realize he's in a race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that, that show was ridiculous. I, I watched it. I, had it like, I just knew it was to be a train wreck. And I watched it in college. And it was amazing. So at some point, you had to bring that up. And we'll cross pollinate everything because Chris wants to be on this show too as a special guest. Nice. Yes. So, so that's the end of promotion of the Kirk Buckner Network. Do I have a network? Hey, well, you forgot something. 
Hey, if I were to go on the TV one there, I'm definitely special. My mom even said I was. So <laughs> my mom I said, told me I was good looking too. Well, oh wow, we've got a bunch of lying moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every, every time, every time Brad came over to anything, it was Big Ferret said that it was a very special episode. <laughs> <laughs> that that'd be a good one. Maybe one of the Facts of Life episodes where it was that cerebral palsy girl who just kept showing up telling jokes. <laughs> Oh, boy. Did I just ruin it? But fine. Maybe, That's maybe. what happened. Uh, um. So you forgot something, though, my friend. What I forgot? We have a Hall of Fame. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't. I don't usually promote that here. Uh, I should. Evan and I, we created our own Hall of Fame. We actually created quite a few, but the one that we're really promoting is, hey, sports fans, we, you know, you know, the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. Wait, you don't? Well, it exists because we created it. We trademarked it. It's ours. www.nottenhalloffame.com forward slash USA. Not the Canadian anthem, because US one. So yes, you can actually go. You can check that out and you can vote for who you think is the greatest American athlete ever. And you can do this year after year after year after year after year because nobody's done this. It took a Canadian and his uh, Chicago sidekick. I'm more of a Boston guy living in Chicago. Can we go with sidekick still? You, you've got a sidekick hat going on. Both you and Brad have sort of like a, that hat that sort of, we're, you've got the sidekick thing going on, no? Extra, extra, read all the sidekick, I've got the news today. Can the sidekick be taller than the main character? <laughs> the reason that James Arnest could never get off Bonanza. Once again, Kirk, you've been relegated to Little Spoon. I hate you all. Ernest was the only man in Hollywood who was bigger than John Wayne. And because of that, he could never get off Bonanza because they couldn't have anyone in a Western bigger than John Wayne. Tom Cruise is shorter than me and he's done very, very well. And he played played Jack Cruise and then you could be the big spoon. (laughs) Actually, okay, I'll close with this. My favorite thing, uh, my favorite Tom Cruise moment was in Minority Report. And he's... uh, it's, it's sort of revealed, and I guess I'll spoil this one here, that Max von Sydow was the one who sort of uh, threw him under the bus. And then he's having sort of like that face-to-face thing. Max von Sydow is six foot five, but they're near like, they, they make, they bring up Tom Cruise. He had to be standing on like a milk crate. So in, inside baseball, so if you guys don't know, I was a contestant on Jeopardy at one point. And the people who I was up against, I'm, I'm 5'10". So the people I was up against were both very short. They actually had me stand on a place where they lowered me into the floor and raised them up on boxes. So it's like a, <laughs> there's like a square on the floor behind those pedestals that go up and down. So you, everyone's about the same height. How far did you get on Jeopardy? I finished in the top three. Nice. And that's why you're my sidekick. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> this show is over. Tell us how you really feel, Kirk. Yes. <laughs> wherever you are, wherever you might be, be might be, 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 be. But ain't, but ain't, but ain't, but ain't, that's all, folks. There you go. Stay safe. Take care, everyone. Bye.